0: Welcome to Across the Pond, Marketing Transformed. I'm Samuel Moni and I'm joined by my inimitable host, Chris Lawson. Nice words, Samuel.
1: Thanks very much. How are you?
0: I'm good. I, I had to practice saying that. This week, we have another fabulous episode building on a, a great show that we did last week where we interviewed Yunrani. She's the chief executive officer of MilkPet, Pet, driving bold strategy and breakthrough consumer communication to encourage milk consumption across the 25 billion industry on behalf of America's milk companies. She's a wonderful, wonderful woman with nearly 25 years of integrated marketing experience across CPG companies and marketing agencies, including Universal McCann. And what made that episode so special for me is that Yin's a great leader. Um, I had the privilege and pleasure to work for her when I was at Campbell's where she was the chief customer experience officer for Campbell Soup. And, just um, something I love. It's a LinkedIn bio. If you check her out, Yunrani. Her bio says, CEO, CMO, change, collaboration, ideas, people, data. Uh, I just love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those those are linkages to throughout her career and experiences. And I think as we talk to her, we spoke more of that the power and importance of diversity that runs throughout When we got into the show, she's sort of talking about how her aim was to design um, diversity from a systems perspective. And I know I've worked on a couple of projects to help shape that within the marketing communications processes to be built with inputs and representation from diverse voices right throughout from the beginning and not as a sort of disaster check at the end, just before the agency got briefed on distributing the content. It was a challenge to do, but progress was made and Actually, it also uh, reminds me of some work I did when again when I was at Campbell as a global chair and business advisor to the affinity networks, and it was a, a role that was created by the head of D&I there at the time, a wonderful, wonderful woman um, called Elizabeth Morrison. She's now chief diversity officer at Levi's, and um, we did a lot of great work through her and and that. and Yin was always a, a huge advocate for the affinity networks and inclusion and representation diversity in the marketing in communications and throughout the organization and actually one of the things she she referenced was the fact that when she looks now at her LinkedIn network she's got a huge number I think I don't know if she's like 30 or 40 or more chief diversity officers that she's connected to you know on the first level through LinkedIn and so that made me think it's a great test for all of us on actually how truly diverse are our networks and so a way to just to kind of measure and check and actually be constantly working on it
1: i was definitely struck by her curiosity it was a real curious mind sort of going through a career and exploring sort of different elements of it and a very very human approach as well i think that those were the things that really stood out to me You know, very very personable And this curiosity.
0: Yeah. And as you talk about that, actually, uh, it just reminds me of uh, something we did cover in episode five. What's your marketing superpower and how curiosity is a skill. There's a power in inquisitiveness, the power of asking questions. There's also the role of creativity to build that curiosity skill, which is about novel solutions and the courage to challenge the status quo. Third one is getting uncomfortable. Um, and that kind of means of immersing in the new environments, in the new. There's a word I love alongside curiosity: is mysterious things. We describe as mysterious are probably perfect opportunities to get uncomfortable, or um, they're likely to be complex, and again, p- force us to be perhaps get uncomfortable with maybe the food the people the environment or even what we read and and what we watch and then the fourth one for for building that curiosity muscle is I think um, openness and being open to people's ideas that are new or different uh, and immersing in variety so those are ways actually to bring it to life
1: and and it's amazing isn't it in terms of how many people talk about openness but but it's it's actually very difficult to do you know it, it can feel uncomfortable can't it
0: yeah, as a newbie, I remember I was in a new role when I was on the Kenmore brand at Sears, and I'd been in the US just nine months, and I started a new role, and I was responsible leading a portfolio of different appliances, and um, and we created this new logo and this new packaging and artwork, and everything was rolling, printed, all ready to be packaged up, and I just thought something's off. I, I just I couldn't quite put my finger on it, and I, I, so I picked up the new packaging and logo and everything, compared it to the prior version, and I realized they'd actually removed Spanish from the packaging, and so I was you know, new guy coming in asking questions, why? (laughs) And there wasn't a really good answer than, hey, we thought it'd be clean and crisper. But as I started doing research, it turned out a quarter of our our audience, you know, had had Spanish um, heritage or had a predisposition for using that language. And they essentially felt that we were taking something away and there was a risk that no one had really thought about. I'd been in the job a few weeks and I raised it with a general manager and ultimately put the business case together and she said, actually, you know what, Sam, well, you, you you saved us here you, what you're saying is makes sense so we had to scrap the packaging that had been produced and make the changes and reintroduce Spanish to the labels and it wasn't necessary flavor of the month at the time but looking back clearly it was the right decision and and that's how you can manifest it in for me in in terms of um, bringing it to life and um, turning that into something that actually helps make us better and, and raise the bar
1: yeah bravery there too Sam another
0: characteristic we talked about a lot Yeah, absolutely. The the other thing that was clearly coming through and shining through Yin and the way she leads and the way she manages and the way she constructs teams was being people first. It was inevitable that we would (laughs) we'd get along awesomely. I'd love working for her. And you know, my mantra is people first, P and L second. And yes, you'll find that in my um, headline and my LinkedIn profile. And Yin had this great, great quote: um, "When in doubt." I always come back to the people. I really do believe people are the ultimate differentiator. They're the ultimate competitive advantage. And she said, you know, I mean, so many times, especially if you're involved in turnarounds like I have, referring to herself, nothing has changed except within the people. And, I, you know, I believe that the key successes I've had in my career are through the people. Um, we talk a bit more about people first, actually, in, the, in episode 52, how to role model modern leadership. So it's about how you show up and, and listen and the mindsets that you you adopt and turning compassion into action. And there's a big part about, and it still is present today in terms of resetting and redefining what we mean by success and performance and how we even review and evaluate people with compassion, especially as we're recording this and we're still you know um, recovering and pivoting to the sort of world of COVID that we're in, and, and ultimately role modeling the right behaviors. And, you know, for me, I do a lot of t- training capability w- building work. And without fail, all the training I do, the success comes from the senior leaders who roll up their sleeves, participate in a present. They don't just send their people off to be trained and wait to come back. They're actually there supporting role modeling, championing and being part of it. And those are aspects that clearly shine through when you're uh, adopting a people first approach.
1: Yeah, and, and why I like this concept of people first is that it doesn't distinguish between internal and external customers, and, and that, that can be so often a, a challenge. Where what you do is that you're either too internally focused or too externally focused, and then you forget to bring the rest of the company forward. Effectively, it's a very human centric approach. And, and interestingly, I'm seeing this more and more. I do a lot of work with startups and scale ups, and that are funded by private equity, and even in those hard-nosed commercial environments, there's an increasing acceptance that if you're not customer-focused, then you are behind. And actually, more and more people-orientated measures are coming into this of the KPI mix that is is being looked at. Mm. We have to be careful, though, that customer doesn't become a shorthand where everyone forgets what is beneath it. That is people. You know, it's so very often... It's easy to talk about, oh, yeah, we're customer first, we're we we're customer focused, and, and it just becomes a bland label that doesn't yeah. actually mean anything. It's got to get down to the actual people. It's got to be about that sort of human approach and really understanding almost on a one-to-one level what the difference is between the, the people that you're trying to serve.
0: Yeah, and uh, you talked about the external side, and uh, and what I think Yin really articulated so well was the, her ability to do that, right? So the work that she did externally facing was powered by the the great relationships and the great efforts that she she built and developed throughout her career and throughout the organisation. And one of the things that continues to stay with me is she's one of the few leaders, if not the only leader, where I had multiple I can count on. Two hands. The number of people who came up to me and say, how, "How can I? How can I get to work in Yins team? How can I? How can I work for her?" And that was just fascinating to have a leader where people just didn't didn't matter if they were supply chain or um, production or packaging or any all other other functions wanted to work for her, even though she was customer experience or a marketing communications led role. But they just knew she was such an awesome person, and they wanted to be part of her her organization on the internal side. And then how that translates to the external, the marketplace, and the, the Work and the outcomes of the marketing um, plans and, and efforts was 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 very powerful, and some of the creative that came out of it. And the other point about being a, a role model is that she was definitely one of those who would roll up her sleeves and be part of any training, any development, any coaching, and and be quite open about how she's applying it to herself as much as how her team need to follow it. Some some examples of that for me of, of great impact that this can have is some work I've been doing recently with a non-profit training in the communication framework that I, I use through the work at um, CI Square. It's called Storytelling Plus, and one of the, the, the folks in the training, James, he was really experienced. He knew the customer well. and knew the brand well. And, you know, day two of the storytelling training, which was delivered virtually, there's a huge focus on listening and on empathy. And he allowed himself to apply the tools that we have and the storytelling framework. And, you know, somewhat not sure if it's going to work. I've been doing this for 10 years, but look, let me just put it, to, put it to use. And they had a client meeting and it went so well, so much so both the CEO and the head of sales came out of the meeting and said, hang on a minute. Uh, something different there. What, what are you guys up to? <laughs> How come the customer didn't throw us out and you know give us hell They were really receptive halfway through they committed to the next meeting and they landed the client and it was it was that realization that wow, I've been doing this for so long, but the the same person was able to reflect and realize that while they were resistant, Early on in the training, they were able to have impact on their customers and and so much so that senior leaders noticed that this wasn't just training, this was actually shaping the behavior and impacting business results. And that's the power that being people first can have.
1: And and I think the other thing that's interesting is when you look at it around sort of being people first is is how it starts to affect many different disciplines. Interestingly, I was reading a stat the other day that they've seen a decline in marketing courses take up versus product management courses and actually it's the successful marketers that were ones that have made a career out of learning and are now learning product management and product marketing Mm -hmm. skills as well as the traditional sort of brand skills which I thought was really interesting and for those that haven't heard it it is interesting thinking about Yin's journey because there's this meandering, uh, in her own words, sort of root through where actually some of it was just by serendipity where she would end up. But there's a bit in her interview where she says that marketers have a bit of knowledge about a lot of things. And that seems to be a good subject to double down on today. You know, knowledge and being a lifelong student mm-hmm. of marketing. And one of the interesting things is is that the most important parts about marketing is that you must understand all those interlock interlocking parts. And and Yin talked about the fact that she found it quite humbling that actually when you get yourself into an organisation and you understand the difference between marketing big and marketing communications is that is such a part of the day to day operations. And if you take something like a manufacturing environment like cpg when you're an agency person even a senior one you sort of have this illusion that cmos are going to be masters of the universe as she put it and that you just wanted to do things that they could and all you need is the budget and the courage so you're you're there and you go oh if only i was in there i could do x and y yet if you're internally in there you think wow this is hard you're like oh so we have to get physical objects coming out of back factory and, oh, actually, it doesn't do anything unless we have the stock in place in the first place. She talked about a running joke um, every spring was that you could run out of peppers, and and actually that was all of your marketing over and done with. Mm. And, and I think that's a really fascinating point there, that sometimes we get caught up in the, the mystique of marketing and you forget the nuts and bolts that actually need um, to sort of make things work underneath it. And I think that might be to do with why we're seeing a bit more of some move towards product management there.
0: Yeah, uh, as we're thinking about the, the idea of learning, one of the things that sparks my thoughts about that interview was the fact that she said, Yin said, I always describe my personal brand as strategy in action. So I've, I've always tried to straddle that, but no one's, no one sees the PowerPoint. No one sees the brief, all these meetings, all they see is execution via the product or the app or the ad or the TikTok thing. And so there's this constant debate, is execution strategy or is strategy execution? And it's constantly being tested. And so that's a really great way of sort of framing how she operates and, and the sort of balancing or interaction between strategy and execution. And as I think about what else I'm learning, I've talked about training in the communication framework and behavior change. And and I'm focused a lot about the idea of the customer journey and the lifestyle and how that's shifting during COVID and the, the impact it's having on people, on life, on work and people and purpose. So that's an area that definitely I'm studying and I think everyone else should be. Another area that I'm really re- researching again and reflecting on is behavioral economics. There's a book which is well-known, idly publicized, called Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. It's a great book to go back to. There's a lot of thought leadership on behavioral science and, and nudges. And in summary, Thinking Fast is this idea that we often make snap judgments and jump to conclusions and make you know bad decisions based on on the biases of the brain and how it takes a shortcut and being aware of those the, that the the downside of the, of how the brain works and right now um, if you go and search you'll see some great creative from Procter and Gamble it's called widen the lens and it's got scenes in in creative in 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 life really that plays out from a perspective of seeing a scenario of some young black kids in the store and what happens next and a guy driving his car and what happens next um, and a pregnant woman by herself again another black woman and she's you know carrying the groceries and you may perceive oh they're about to rob the store or oh he's about to do something nasty and then it plays out that actually her husband's just picking her up or the the kids in the store are just waiting for their friend who works there. And so how do we just slow down and allow ourselves not to go to the default setting in our mind, which may be subject to biases or misplaced feelings or incorrect perceptions? Uh, So check our default settings, learn and lean into our ability to empathize and be open to really think about what's happening in a different way and so for me a lot of opportunities to learn and apply this it's sort of neuroscience and behavioral behavioral science into the work I do on a regular basis.
1: Yeah that's a key aspect for me as well I think Sam it's working about cultural shift of not just your company but your society as well and and how you fuse that with new marketing technology and where do you go with it and actually As we've talked about, you get a lot of smart entrepreneurs who know how to manipulate technology but also care at the same time. Something else I think was a key theme coming out which we wanted to reflect on was about planning versus luck. The positive way that Yin embraced her career, Sam, as it took its twists and turns made me think how much of a successful career is down to careful planning Mm -hmm. or good luck. I mean, fascinating, I was thinking around this that When I was at Absolute Radio, when it launched as as the global economy exploded back in 2007, 2008, would I have wasted more of a marketing budget, which I ended up not having, on TV and less money experimenting with YouTube and social media, which ended up working incredibly well for us and almost Mm. started to shape the brand? So given plentiful resources, would I have taken the easy option and not created a stronger brand and, and i think the answer is is probably that would have been the case that it, it would have weakened the overall result same thing w- mm. when i joined inspired which ended up sort of rising up so sort of, and finally launching in the nasdaq if i hadn't had coffee with an old boss from seven years ago would that have ever happened and most and moments in time where you Push yourself or you force yourself to do the unconventional, even if it is a case of meeting someone that, that you wouldn't have necessarily thought to meet. And so trying to expand your horizons, I think, mm. is incredibly important. But reinvention does take careful consideration and planning, I think. And it also takes reflection. You have to create that space to think. And it's important to try and get 360 degree feedback as well make sure that you're trying to get that external perspective. And don't be shy in coming forward about that as well. It's a good thing to get a external perspective on your career path. I remember when I finished Virgin Wines, I took a bit of time out to think what next. And I saw that wave of move to the outsource resources. And I also struggled myself with paying for agencies and, and their offices where naturally you just wanted to tap into specific resources at specific times and i reflected on the bit that i did best Mm. which was moving companies on with their transformation and and the bit i enjoyed most was where like absolute radio you didn't have necessary plentiful resources but you made the best of what you had which is why i focused on taking what i'd established as my career And turning it into the fact that actually I was going to offer the virtual sort of CMO service for Mm. startups and scale ups. I don't think I would have done that if I hadn't had the experiences that predefined me to following a different path Mm. and then taken a bit of time to reflect and go, do I still want to do that or not?
0: the journey is not linear and it's different and it's it's how do you take time to reflect or to receive what's going on and and really I think have some courage and have some have some perspective to move in a different path and I'm going to go back to the perspective of luck and how um, I ended up overseas my journey overseas was absolutely a blend of mindset and luck I, I had this philosophy sort of A number of years ago now to say yes, unless I had a good reason to say no, which often is this bias I think that we're predisposed to is to when we get uncomfortable, see something different, we we are likely to reject it. But I remember being in the office, I was a, a marketing manager in the UK and my boss tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, am I mobile? and sort of he said tell me by tomorrow and at the end of the day I said yeah I'm mobile I never didn't think much of it then the next day he came back and asked me okay so there's a role in Switzerland and I said whoa 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 I said I'm mobile I'm living in London I didn't say I wanted to go to a, a different country where they speak a different language and drive on the other side of the road and I then had to oh no I've got this stupid philosophy and I was like so is it what's the good reason to say no and I couldn't come up with a reason to say no. Ah, oh, no, I'm gonna have to say yes, aren't I? And clearly, if I fast forward now, fifteen, I think seventeen or so years later, how long it is? It's been an amazing experience. I went from the UK to Switzerland, then Switzerland after two years to, to Germany for to three years. I spent in, in Frankfurt, Germany, and then I. Now, last 10 or so years, um, 11 years, been in the US and only later start to learn about the abundance mindset and how I've been able to, I think, to weave that into my way of operating, but now more actively studying and learning and understanding how how the brain works or doesn't work and how we do or do, don't make decisions and how story plays a, um, a key role. So it's about, for me, embracing challenges and learning from failures and effort um, as a path of mastery versus having that innate ability or innate perspective. And so there's a lot there, which is relating to some, some of the things we've talked about throughout our, our shows is the growth mindset. So a couple of ways I can take this and look <laughs> and think about maybe there's some other things going on is, you know, a, not allowing fear or bias to limit your journey, but being aware of where your biases are. And um, also something linked to earlier in the show, who who's asking and who's it you're going to work for? Those for me are some of the criteria that help me think ahead and how to make a choice. And that There's a lot of research out there on the growth mindset and these types of approach. And Carol Dweck continues to be a great thought leader in this space. Um, You'll continue to find articles and resources by her. I just read one Harvard Business Review article on Five Ways Crisis Can Help You Cultivate a Growth Mindset. Talks about being patient with yourself and others, teaching it to others hence here we go shameless plug check out episode 48 of across the pond how mm. to cultivate a growth mindset we talked a lot about it so those are ways that um i see that the the luck and planning kind of do work together
1: yeah and and i really enjoy that story just about sort of your your roots and traveling and and taking a bold leap abroad i think that's a powerful one but but bringing it back to Yin, i thought one of the things that she said, and we, and we talked about this up front, was uh, talking about being a lifelong student of marketing and, and understanding that where that journey goes, you're learning all the time and you're not quite sure where it's going to be because it's a lifelong journey. And that for me was one of the most powerful things that I took out of it, that actually you should be a little bit more relaxed about what's coming next and where that path is going to lead you. And you've just got to embrace it. And just see that your job is just to carry on learning. So powerful stuff there. I thought it was a really, really good session. Why don't you just bring us home, give us three key takeouts and reflections.
0: Yeah, this week's three things. I'd say firstly, the test of truly being people first is actually about the impact it has on real people and not just in your own mind or in your own head and just what you say. It's actually what people, how people respond and react. Secondly, don't be so certain that you're planning everything and it's, it's down to you. Realize that luck is also and often a driver of what's going on around you and receive that and be open to that. And then thirdly, something that's true to us continual learning continuous learning leads to continuous improvement and making sure that you remain relevant throughout your career
1: and it's being just slightly slightly more relaxed where that's going to take you as well i don't think either either of us would have anticipated where we'd end up But i think we're in a we're in a good place next episode sam we're talking to nick bradley and nick is definitely a successful entrepreneur who has burnt the boat, in averted commas, who reflected on his career path, some personal events in his life which he go into. He wanted freedom, and he took a very, very different direction.
0: Yeah, that sounds like an awesome episode. I'm really excited and energised to be part of that. And um, as we usually sign off, Chris, have a great week across the pond. So if you're an entrepreneur, rising star, or CMO looking for new ideas, Find us at marketingtransform.com and on Spotify, Apple, Google, and all good podcast platforms.